Hello and welcome to the Get the Packers Podcast. We do care about the Green Bay Packers. And we don't care about anything else. Let's go. Alright, hello, welcome back to Dedicated Packers. Today, on this fine Wednesday afternoon, we are going to be looking at a far too early prediction for the Packers 53-man roster. That's right, I'm going to make a Packers 53-man roster prediction because, you know, everything's out now. We had the summer is in full swing for the NFL players they are on summer break until training camp begins, so I thought, why not start a summer break, make a way too early 53-man roster prediction, and then at the end of uh, training camp, I'll make a final roster prediction right before it comes out. So this is going to be my way too early prediction. We'll see what changes, what doesn't change. So we're going to start right off naturally at the most important position in the NFL, the quarterback, and here I have the Packers keeping two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Um, yeah, this feels sort of obvious. I didn't discuss the release of Kurt Benkert, and I did that because he's a third stringer. Uh, I see a lot of people talking about him, and I think a lot of that is because of the way he connected himself to Green Bay and the fans there, but in general, I just didn't see a lot of need to talk about Kurt Benkert being released. Um, that being said, I really enjoyed his interactions with Green Bay fans. I wish him nothing but the best in everything, and I I, I think he can make a 53, and I think he will make a 53. But that all being said, I think Gutekunst released him because he knew Benkert was good enough to make a 53 elsewhere, but he was not going to make the 53 man here. And if Benkert's not going to make it as a third string, then I don't think really anyone else is. So I see just Rodgers and Love making the 53 man roster at quarterback. Then running back, I have Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Patrick Taylor. Yeah, this one feels... Well, this is interesting because Kylan Hill hurt his ACL in that Week 8 matchup against the Cardinals. Obviously a brutal hit, just really, really, really bad. Um, and so he is the he is the main question. Um, if he does not go on the PUP list, then I would see him going in there with Jones and Dillon and Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson maybe being a fourth, but I would assume it would just be Jones, Dillon, and Hill. However, I'm assuming in this case he is going to start on the PUP list just because of the brutality of the hit that he took. Um, it was it was really bad. So we'll see. Uh, Jones and Dylan are quite obviously a lock, but Kylan Hill, whether or not he's on, we'll see. I'm going to assume he starts on the PUP, and so I think Patrick Taylor does make it. Uh, maybe even if Kylan Hill doesn't start on the PUP, they end up putting in Patrick Taylor as a fourth guy just to keep someone else there for Hill in case they don't want to play him a bunch at first. So I'm going to go with Jones, Dylan, and Patrick Taylor, but I I think we'll see by the end of training camp pretty much what to expect there based on how much Kylan Hill plays. And then 
at wide receiver, nothing changing up from my earlier prediction episode. I'm going to have Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dubs, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, and Alan Lazard. Those are my predictions there. And I explained this prediction back at the end of the Samori Toure and Romeo Dubs breakdown. Basically, my logic is that this core gives you some really nice variety, right? You're going to have Cobb and Amari, who are the slot guys. They can play in the slot. Then you have Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson, and Sammy Watkins outside, who are the boundary receivers. They will go up. They'll make plays for you. They're really the people that are considered stars in the NFL today, aside from Cooper Cup. And then you've got Alan Lazard, and he can really play both in the slot and outside on any given snap. Um, You also get some really, really awesome athleticism in Amari Rogers and Christian Watson and then even Romeo Dubs who can, they can run pitches, they can run sweeps, they can really do it all from the receiving position. And so that is why I would see them carrying six. It is a loaded wide receiver core, not necessarily in terms of talent or in terms of production, but in terms of potential production and seven is just seems like too many. That being said, I would love to see what Jawan Winfrey or Malik Taylor can do in the preseason and in training camp, because if they if they can if they can show out like some of them did last year, I think they might have a shot at making the receiving core a seven man. But I, for now, I'm going to stick with six. Then at tight end, I have Josiah Diguara. Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, and Tyler Davis. Yes, Tyler Davis. Um, The first three here, they are relatively obvious. Mercedes Lewis is pretty much a lock for the roster just because of his connection with Rodgers. He's a veteran. He's been really good in his limited role the past few years. Then Josiah DeGuara. I think he's been moderately underrated and dismissed slash forgotten by just too many Packers fans because of his first torn ACL in his rookie year and then not a lot of production after coming back last year while he was behind Tunyon and then in the divisional round he dropped a really tough pass um, but I think I think he really has the potential that he showed it in his rookie year prior to being injured I think he has the potential to be really good and with hopefully more tight ends being emphasized this year in LaFleur's offense I think he'll have the opportunity to absolutely show out. Robert Tunyon, he is a question. If he's healthy and not on the PUP, he's also a lock to make the roster. And he had a Pro Bowl year in 2020, right? He's got incredible hands. He's an an excellent, excellent tight end. But I'm not sure if he will or will not be on the PUP. If he's not on the PUP, I would suggest someone like Dominique Daphne comes in and it'll be DeGuara, Lewis, Daphne, and Davis. But... We'll see what they do there. I'm guessing, I'm not sure, we'll we'll see. There have been reports that Tunyon will be good, but again, that's all coming from his camp, so we don't know much. My final prediction here, though, will be DeGuara, Tunyon, Lewis, and Davis. Um, Davis being the extra guy, just because he's been praised by Gutekunst, and I think he can be a really good NFL player. He has more potential than Daphne, I think. And so, of course, Daphne could make it if Tunyon starts on the PUP, but I'm going to go positive here, unlike what I did with the running backs, and say it's going to be DeGuara, Tunyon, Lewis, and Davis. Then, on the offensive line, a lot of people here, so be ready. 
David Bakhtiari, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Yosh Nijman, Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, and then either Elton Jenkins or Cole Van Lannan or maybe, maybe Jake Hansen. For this, I'm just going to assume that Bakhtiari is good to go because that makes me happy. That alleviates any sort of extreme anxiety I'm feeling about him. Um, but if he's not good to go, I'm going to be seriously depressed. So I'm just going to have him be good to go This in this list. Then you have no-brainers, right? John Runyon Jr., he was super, super solid last year. Really the one constant piece on that offensive line. Josh Myers, who had a solid rookie campaign despite limited action. Royce Newman, who was good for really most of the year and really came on strong at the end. And Yosh Nyman, who was a very solid left tackle last year. And I think he'll be a good backup at that position, even if he doesn't win the right tackle spot. Then you've got rookies. And that those rookies would include Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, and Rashid Walker. Sean Ryan and Zach Tom are versatile guys who will come in and I think compete for three different spots. I think they will, along with Nyman, be competing for the right tackle spot. And then probably Ryan or Tom will be also competing for the guard spot along with Royce Newman, depending on who wins the right tackle spot, of course. And then Rashid Walker, he is a guy with a huge amount of potential. He is really a designated tackle. And so I think the amount of potential he has, plus the fact that he's a tackle, which gives the Packers depth at that position, will help him make the 53-man. And then the last guy, um, Elton Jenkins, he is the obvious, obvious choice if he's healthy and not on the PUP, but I have my doubts about his health. So in that case, I see someone like Cole Van Landen or Jake Hansen sliding in if Elton starts on the PUP, you know, with his injury in week 11. I think Van Landen would probably be a safer bet in this case as he is not a center, um, and so that would provide more depth at the guard spot, whereas someone like Jake Hansen would provide more depth at the center spot where there is already plenty of depth with Myers and Tom. Then, the defensive line. Kenny Clark, Devonta Wyatt, John Reed, TJ Slayton, and Dean Lowry, and Jonathan Ford. Yes, I'm adding in Jonathan Ford here. He is a he's a real special teams guy. Um, I think he will fortify a roster spot, fortify the roster just through his special teams ability. He was good defensive tackle out of Miami, so I'm looking for him to be a special teams guy. Then the other four, oh my god, they just combine to make such a formidable formidable defensive front. You've got rotational pieces in Reed and Slayton and Lowry and even Wyatt. Um, so those guys are all really good. Of course, Kenny Clark is a no-brainer being a an all-pro. He's essentially an all-pro most years. And so I hope the duo along the line, the number one duo, becomes Clark and Wyatt as the season moves along. But even if it doesn't, Slayton, I'm expecting a big jump out of him going into his second year. And Lowry is coming off of his best year by far. So I think those guys are total locks to make the roster with Jerron Reed being another guy on the roster just because he's a he's a veteran who knows exactly what he's doing. Then at the edge rusher position, we have Rashawn Gary, 
Preston Smith, Kingsley Inagbari, Randy Ramsey, and Jonathan Garvin. Gary and Preston are chalk. Absolute chalk. You can pencil them in, print it out, laminate it, and not be concerned at all. Then you've got Inagbari, and he feels like a guy that will make it just for total development development purposes. I, I'm not sure. He might be the fourth, fifth guy. He might be the third guy behind Gary and Preston, but he has a bunch of potential, and I'm, I'm I'm very sure they want to see him on the field and want to see what he can do with his potential. Then, Randy Ramsey. Uh, some of you may not know him, or you may remember that he had a hot start to training camp last year, and he did up until his injury. Yeah, had he not gotten injured, I have very little doubt that he would have made the roster, but unfortunately, he did get injured. So, assuming no injuries this year, I think he will make the roster. And then you've got, last but not least, Jonathan Garvin. I really, really like what he brought last year to this team. And at just 23, he offers more upside to me than someone like Tipa Galea. Though, obviously, gotta love Tipa. Middle linebackers. Campbell, Barnes, Walker, McDuffie, and Khalif Bryce. Again, the law firm, Campbell and Barnes. Lovely little law firm there. You think we can add three Campbell, Barnes, and Walker? That's a nice law firm. Campbell, Campbell, Barnes, and Walker. Walker, Campbell, and Barnes. Ooh, that has a nice ring to it. Walker, Campbell, and Barnes. Your defense attorneys. No, those guys are chalk. Um, again, Campbell, he was a first-team All-Pro last year, and Barnes was his partner in crime with a very nice season of his own. Then, of course, I'm extremely excited about what you've got in Quay Walker. He'll undoubtedly make the 53, just due to his incredible athleticism, his tackling ability, his seemingly smart play, and perhaps they'll even line him up at edge rusher and like what they see there in a Micah Parsons type role. So those top three are chalk. Then the second two, Isaiah McDuffie and Khalif Bryce, I see those two making it as special teams additions that can just be there for Rich Pisaccia to utilize on special teams. You know, you need to fill the last bits of the roster with guys that can contribute on special teams, and I think McDuffie and Bryce will be exactly that. Then, at the cornerback position, Jair, Stokes, Rasul, Shamar Jean Charles, Keyshawn Nixon, and Kavion Ento. Okay, the first three. We can get those out right of the out of the way right away. Jair, Stokes, Sewell, they're such locks that I won't even elaborate on the fact that I chose them at all. Right, you can pencil them in, print it, laminate it, and then repeat that 700 times. The lamination process is what you'd be repeating, and you won't be concerned because those guys guaranteed roster spots for them. Then, Shamar Jean Charles. He is a slot corner you may remember drafted last year in the fifth round, and I think he will be a good special teams contributor with the potential to play a few snaps, though I would guess he's more of a fifth corner at this point. Nixon, he is the four corner and he seemed to be liked by the Packers in mini camps, which I discussed in the mini camp recap. So, I think along with him being a really one of Pisaccia's guys on special teams, that both of those two things come together to make him a lock for the roster. And then Kbion Ento, he is a guy that Goody really likes. He understands the defense and Feels like the guy that can fill out that cornerback room being the sixth guy for depth and special teams. Then, at safety, 
Amos Savage Carpenter and Innis Gaines. Amos and Savage again locks, but there's not a lot of depth after them. So Tariq Carpenter, he is a safety slash middle linebacker who I think will be added really, really, really just because of his special teams ability. His hybrid type can have, I think, a lot of defensive impact, and I think that would be the reason he will make the 53. Then Innis Gaines. I think Gaines and Vernon Scott will be in a battle for a lot of training camp, even though Scott was all on the roster for all of last year. I just think Gaines can come out ahead this year. He's a year younger, and so he's got that extra year of development. I expect a tough battle, but I think Innis Gaines will ultimately win it, the youth showing out. And then special teams, real special teams. At kicker, Mason Crosby, yeah, I think we're going to see that the whole, oh, kicking battles, much ado about nothing because Crosby's going to win it. Bisaccia's going to go with the veteran there. Then the punter, Pat O'Donnell, yep, he's Crosby's friend. Packers aren't going to want to look into more punters. He's Pat O'Donnell's basically a lock for the punter position. And then long snapper Stephen Wardle. It's kind of a tough position to end on because no one really cares about the long snapper, but maybe the Packers should care more because it's not exactly super great for them. Hey, if you've got a better guy for long snapper, send him the Packers way. But it seems like Stephen Wardle's going to be the guy, and we just have to be happy with it and hope it doesn't cost them. So that is my 53-man roster prediction. That is everyone that I think will be on the Packers 53-man. Please let me know what you think. Um, I feel pretty good about this. Again, the Hill versus Patrick Taylor debate that I discussed at the beginning, and then some of Tyler Davis versus Daphne. A lot of this is all injury-based, but I feel good. We'll see how right I am, how wrong I am, and all of that. But thank you very much for listening to Dedicated Packers. I will see you on Sunday, and as always... Go Pack Go!